Welcome to the Pain-Free Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Heller, and if there's one thing I've learned after being a fitness and health professional and a chronic pain sufferer for over a decade, it's that every body is unique. On this show, I sit down with health and wellness experts in an effort to gather as many different perspectives, journeys, and philosophies as possible. Join me in cultivating a collective growth mindset and challenge yourself to take away just one key point from each episode that inspires you to think or behave differently. Have a pain-free day and enjoy this episode. What is going on, beautiful people? It is Mariah here from Pain-Free Fitness. And if you have listened to the podcast before, you know that the mission of this podcast is that I want to have a lot of really diverse conversations with people that focus on various areas of health and wellness. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a moment. But just to kind of reiterate the goal of every episode here If you can just take away one thing that you either didn't know before or you want to think about or you want to apply to your life, I will consider this episode a success. So um, just kind of listen and, and, you know, give us your feedback on what really stood out to you and what you might be able to apply to your life after this. I really love hearing that stuff. Okay, so... On to my guest for today. So as I mentioned a a minute or so ago, I try to focus on kind of different areas of health and wellness. However, I'm branching out a little bit more with kind of this second season into professionals that don't necessarily reside just within physical health and physical wellness. And my guest today, Willow Sana, um, is actually my business coach. So I am super, super excited. Um, and friend. And um, I am just so impressed by her and by you, Willow. I was having such a great time reading through your little timeline of your, you know, all of the businesses that you've done and kind of how you got to where you are today on your website. Willow also has a book coming out, which I am super interested to talk about. And I just really want to explore kind of the parallels that I find in my coaching and that, you know, some of the realizations that I had working with Willow. So um, Willow, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Mariah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited for the conversation we're about to dive into. I'm really excited too. And I know that you are, I mean, you have been just so multifaceted in your career and you've done so many things in the business world and the creative world and I think that that is super neat and I just kind of wanted to hear from you like you know what what do you feel like brought you to the place that you are in today can you tell me a little bit of your story Oh, yes. I'll make this quick. I've had practice. I've been uh, self-employed for over 20 years. And so as I say it, I've had many incarnations in that time uh, and essentially have founded and co-founded several uh, creative businesses and startups. So I lived in the Bay Area for a long time. So I've got this sort of a geeky background, early adopter of all things like social and online uh, 
And so, yeah, that's like way, way, way back. And about 10 years into being in business for myself, um, after having, like I said, several businesses and startups and the whole thing and having so many incarnations, even in those first 10 years, what I realized is that I was so passionate about this deeper heart-centered work. You know, I even at the time, one of sort of the last uh, startups that I was at, I was just like, my, and we had, you know, raised uh, this huge round and got an office and built a team and the whole thing. And I just was like, my work is not to be with my faith in spreadsheets. I don't get me wrong. I love a good spreadsheet, but <laughs> I'm like here to do some deeper heart centered transformational work with people. And as a creative who has been on this path of what I always say is like, you know, listening to my fears, following my fears, facing my fears and following my heart anyway, this is the path that I love helping others on as well. Those who have a message or a calling or a gift or passion coming through them. And often when it's so connected to your heart and you care about it so much, that's when we also have a tendency of getting in our own way. And all of our you know, old traumas and, and fears and limiting beliefs and patterns uh, actually hold us back from what we really want. So that's the juice that I really love working on with the entrepreneurs that I get to work with. I'm curious, was there something like um, maybe a limiting belief that you had or something that you kind of like worked to, to overcome that has inspired that focus for you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Like my whole journey has been very much this. I mean, it's so funny because what I do on my spare time is essentially like research. Every single thing that I do is trauma informed and attachment informed. And I'm very fascinated with just really the psychological and spiritual integration of us being humans on this planet, right? And so, and how connected it is, no matter, you know, and I love this, you and I talked about how connected it is really in how you're showing up in life. And in particular, you've heard me say this phrase a lot, which is like how you're showing up on behalf of yourself. So whether this be in fitness, whether it be in business, whether it be in the boundaries that you're needing to set in any of the relationships in your life, this is the learning edge that we're always at as, as humans who are needing to learn to identify what our needs and desires are and then speak up on behalf of them even when we're shaken in our shoes or take that action that feels like we're going to step off of a cliff and die, but actually we're not. It's just this very, very powerful nervous system trying to step in and save us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's important to just kind of state in my experience working with you, I've had other business coaches, you know, I've done courses and read books and all of that. And your approach was very different in a very positive way, especially I feel like for me, being a woman, you know, and, you know, I want to get into that a little bit because we're both women in, in very male dominated spaces, but, um, your approach was very, I, I don't want to say flexible because it, that has the wrong connotation, but it was like tailored to kind of what I needed and, you know, what the other women in the group needed. And you could just kind of 
kind of get to the root of whatever it is the person you were talking to could really relate to. And that's not something that I've experienced before. I think a lot of the more like, you know, masculine business coaching style is very step, step one, step two, step three. If you don't like it, oh, well, you know, was that, was that um, differentiator for you? Was that like a conscious choice that you made or was that something that developed naturally? Mm, yeah, well, and what I'm hearing, you know, first of all, I think there's nothing wrong with flexible, right? I love, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I love that um, because it's really, I think it's more than anything. It's what, if anything, I'm helping all women do is be um, resourceful and adaptive, right? And it's what we're stepping away from, the opposite of, you know, if we talk about sort of the, the male way or that masculine way is, can be very linear, can be very like, you know, just this is the only way, right? We get we get really locked in a, a box of the only way, but actually, and this is, you know, to me, this is very much coaching in the feminine way, doing business in the feminine way, which opens up to so many other possibilities. And I think many times people are very scared of that because we just haven't been trained in how to listen to, let alone, you know, manage and be with our emotions, and especially in the world of business, it can feel like it's going to be a distraction or we're going to all of a sudden get flooded or as I call it, like getting tsunami with emotions. Uh, and so really a lot of this resourcefulness and the ability that I love to lead with in my programs and in all of my coaching is teaching you how to be with what's arising, not avoiding it, right? Because that's really when we're most empowered, empowered, like inside us, right? And we're not outsourcing our power to anyone else is when we're so grounded in the strength of our own knowing within ourselves that we then become unshakable and unstoppable. Mm -hmm. So that is, I think it's very astute that you picked up on that. And it's, it is very much this feminine way that is like, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And I want to also teach you and model for you how you can meet yourself where you where you are at on your own after you work with me with that same level of self-acceptance, curiosity, self-compassion. That's when you are going to be your strongest ally. Mm. That is, yeah, I, I think that's that's really powerful. And something that was just kind of coming up as you were talking is that um the the way that I kind of think about that is, you know, you've you've got to be able to kind of define the problem and get a baseline before That's you right. know what the solution is. And yeah. I feel like a lot of the business world and the fitness world and the pain world has been very caught in. Let's just jump to this solution because this is the solution that whatever it worked for me or I just I just think you know it's catchy whatever right um yeah that's right and something else that came up too is that you know you I, I'm sure you get a, a lot of different personalities a lot of different types of people kind of coming to you and inquiring and the the process to have coaching with you there was a little bit of like an interview process and kind of a you know a questionnaire like it was definitely an application to see if if things were right how how would you know or like do you have any stories about like just kind of knowing that someone's not right for your coaching program mm, yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it, it first and foremost requires a, a willingness, right? And um, we're not always coachable. It requires a lot of trust, you know, and you and I had the opportunity of meeting in person and that, you know, that creates so much trust because you're like, okay, you're a real person. You can feel my heart. You can feel that, you know, um, and you can get a lot from someone when you meet in person, but I've got a lot of people who just hear me on a podcast or follow me on Instagram. And then we have one of those conversations. But so the first step is you just have to be willing, you know, right. You have to, you have to be willing to be curious. Um, and I would say the only other like sort of big thing for me that I really identify with, I mean, I always want it to be a fit. I want it to, I want to know that my strengths and the way that I work are genuinely going to be of help. And sometimes really it's almost, um, they're either, they're either not quite ready for this work, which is, um, I don't know that anyone actually can really self-diagnose because again, right, that fear brain wants to be like, oh, I'm not ready. That's easy. I'll just justify it that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you can see this in fitness. Yeah. Um, uh, or they're just needing some very specific things. So if we're talking, especially, hello, right? If we're talking, same with you, if you're talking about fitness, if you're talking about business, I want to know that, that this is actually what is going to be useful and helpful for you right now. There are some people that come in and I can see that, they're not having the the specific challenges that I help with and really they would be better served somewhere else. Um, and so it just doesn't feel like a, a fit in that way. So yeah, it's a pretty intuitive process. I have to say, you know, it's really something just like anybody who comes into your life, you're going to have a sense of like, yep, this is somebody that I can do some, I can have a journey or a relationship or really a beneficial win-win exchange with or not. And that's okay. That's, that's a really good way to, to frame it. And I think, you know, I, I, um, I know for me, the idea of intuition is always, has always been tough for me to understand <laughs> because I'm so literal and I'm like, okay, but what yeah. is it? And I know, yeah. um, I, but for, for my work, it's a, it's a similar type of a process. Right. And I think just kind of like doing it for 12 years, most of the time in the first conversation with someone, I can tell what kind of a client they're going to be <laughs> because of like the That's way right. that, that they answer questions. And um, there's some really obvious indicators. Like if someone was to come to me because they wanted to train for a marathon, I'd be like, I'm not your girl. <laughs> I had right. no idea. Um, yeah. but then there's also other little things and something that you talk about a fair amount is the kind of, um, is it upper limiting? Is that the, the phrase that you put mm -hmm. to it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is super interesting because something that I deal with a lot with, with my clients and, or, you know, just like my followers and people that message me is I see a lot of that because, people start to identify with their condition. People identify mm -hmm. with their pain. And then I think there's a fear that comes along with like, well, if I'm not, if I don't have these limits anymore, then who am I? You know? Totally. Um, yeah. Do you, you nailed it. I mean, this is yeah. it. Do you see that a lot as well with, with those limiting beliefs you're talking about? Yeah. 100%. You, you nailed it because it's, I mean, so much of this work, 
depending on who I talk to, right? I might say that I'm a transformational business coach and that to other people, I will say like, I do shadow work that is really about, you know, identity death and ego death because it's really, what are these pieces and parts, these, you know, limiting beliefs and patterns that often we cannot see, right? They're our shadow or we don't want to look at them. Uh, we don't know how to to navigate them and work with them. And oftentimes, you know, on this path and, and when I say like those incarnations that I've had in my businesses, I've either pivoted or realized like, oof, like who I've been, who, who I've been, the way I have been being, um, this even a, maybe a certain business whatever it's like when you realize that that way has no longer been serving you and what happens with any you know i way back when um in my early 20s i had basically like an eating disorder and a really like tough relationship with my body and had an amazing coach actually this coach who ended up being my coach for you know, 15, 20 years and my mentor. It's why I do the very therapy style work that I do. She's mm. a spiritual coach, but way back when she had a program that was specifically about your relationship with your body. And as you know, all of this work I do is really about your relationship with yourself. That's yeah. all it always ties back to, right? So this is really just coming back to, yeah, this like who, and what I was going to say actually is that often these personas, these parts of ourselves, these identities, right? They're trying to keep us safe. They're mm. trying, they have been formed and developed in a way that at one point they did keep us safe, right? But now we no longer need them or they no longer fit or they're holding us back from our next level of becoming or potential or, you know, fitness or wealth or joy or pleasure, right? And, and because there's a, some kind of a, uh, basically a neural link that says, if I do this, I'm either not going to be loved or I'm not going to be safe in some way, shape or form, right? Your own unique story. Mm. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head, mm. but it's like, how can you, how can you still feel safety while letting go of that old identity or that, you know, essentially this per perceived limit um, that is actually no longer serving you. And again, this all comes back to our nervous system and making sure that we're really coming back into this present moment, like you're safe, you can do it. And I know you do this so much with all of your clients, right? These like baby steps that help them really change that mind over matter of like, oh my God, I can do this, right? our brain, our physiology wants us to believe we're going to die or something horrible is going to happen. But yeah. actually, once you realize you didn't die and you can do it, it's the most empowering, amazing feeling in the world. I, yeah, yeah. And that's a really great way to phrase that because I think it can be difficult to understand why we hold on to these limiting beliefs. Um, and why those instincts kick in when really if you look at it from you know kind of a, an objective angle they really don't serve us but maybe at some point they did you know yeah. and there's an because uh, it's not about um killing them off or getting rid of them it's actually about yeah. understanding them and yeah. having a real compassion for like wow yeah i can see how you kept me safe or kept me loved at some point but now mm. I know that I'm lovable I know that I'm safe and I know it's okay in fact it's not only okay it's needed it's it's needed more than ever for you to actually 
get out of your own way so that you can share these gifts with more people in the world. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's really just, just really a beautiful way to phrase it. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep this concise, but I have like a, a 60 second kind of like parallel thing that, that has happened that I'm going to try to say as gracefully as I can. But, you know, for, so for me personally, and this is, I see this a lot with my clients and it's informed my coaching style, but what I saw with my, with my chronic pain journey was first, there was kind of an awareness of what was happening. And then there was, you know, a resistance to that. And this expectation that, you know, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and, and it's all going to feel different. And then just being disappointed about that. Um, and then, in, and then at some point I felt my mindset shift from mourning all of the things that I couldn't do to, but here's all the things that I can do, you know, and that That's shift right. was, yeah. that was the, the biggest, most powerful shift for me in my chronic pain journey. And on the business side of things, something that happened, you know, I mean, over a long period of time, but especially in this last like six months when I was working with you quite a bit and I was really inundated in kind of a different mindset from what I was used to in all areas is the biggest shift that happened for me was I knew that my mindset was a little, was a little off. I knew that I had survival mechanisms that weren't helping me anymore. That was something that I could be self-aware about, but the shift was, I recognized that I was moving from the mindset of how can I save this extra 50 or a hundred dollars a month, you know, or whatever it was to instead, what can I do to make an extra thousand dollars, an extra $10,000, you know, um, right. how would you kind of classify, like, I think both of those, maybe other people aren't seeing the parallel between those, but I am, I think both of those are classify kind of a, a shift in mentality that changes your actions is there a way that kind of like you would frame phrase that and what that shift is? Mm, I love it. Well, first thing I want to share is that you just brought to mind. Um, I have another podcast that I was on that was all about my journey of quitting drinking. And, um, and it's literally, it's, uh, you can find it on my website. Um, and it's all about like, to stop drinking and start living. But I share in my process and in my journey of that, that it wasn't about what I was saying no to. It was way more about what I was saying yes to. Mm -hmm. And I think often with anything, right, that's especially with what we're just talking about, right? These personas that are holding on so tight. I mean, back in the throes of my eating disorder in essentially like any kind of um, binging that that emotional eating, right, that happens at the threat of that going away, you just want to eat more cake. You just want to eat more cookies. You're like, oh my God, no, because this is your strongest coping mechanism that you're like, if I don't have this, what else do I have? Like, it just feels so scary. And, you know, when I was quitting drinking, I had to really Face all those things like what's going to happen in my relationship what's going to happen with all these friends that that's like our favorite pastime to do together mm -hmm. like am I just going to be alone is my relationship gonna you know dissolve and guess what all that shit did change you know <laughs> all of it did shift 
for the better. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I would never like, you know, this is the thing. Ultimately, we're just, we're afraid of change. We're afraid of what's on the other side of change because it's the unknown, right? So same with, and it's almost like we always gravitate towards what we know. So same with your like, I know how to save money. I know how to hold on to money. I know how to control this piece, right? And at the precipice of something new and the unknown when you invest your money into something right when you let go of that money it then leaves your control and this is all perfect because it actually loops back to something that we were talking about earlier which is really all this comes back to and when you talked about intuition and kind of trying to like find what that means for you all this is is self-trust and that we really have never been taught how to self-trust, especially if you've had any kind of, you know, I mean, most people in their childhood have not been taught that, especially if you've had any kind of dysfunction, right? And so that's, this is actually why I do the work I do. I had a narcissistic alcoholic stepfather that whose message to me, whether consciously or unconsciously, but is what I got, uh, was that. I don't, that I don't know. I'm the kid and he's the adult and I don't know. Yeah. And that sort of taking away the power and the knowing of a child versus teaching them how to trust themselves and trust their own knowing, empowering them to be and become who they are, right? Is a lot of this fragile core that a lot of people have. We haven't been taught that. So we're mm. needing now to sort of reparent ourselves, learn how to create this sense of safety and trust within ourselves. And that means at the brink of risk, when you're letting things go, it's actually trusting either who you're working with, trusting the universe, but also recognizing that like, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen, but guess what? You don't know. You, you'll never know unless you try, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, two things, two things that kind of came up for me. And then I have a, a question for you too, because I haven't been able to really put great words to this yet, but um I, the, as counterintuitive as this seems, something that I have some of my clients do, this, this is not good for everybody, but I do a bit of a, like a, a worst case scenario drill with them. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, like, it's like, particularly when, when people are just really in kind of like a mourning or grieving phase about their bodies, like when people kind of are starting to accept that maybe things aren't going to change and they're mourning all the things they can't do. And I will have them go through, you know, a few questions that kind of, um, that lays out, okay, let's say that this pain that I have never changes or worse, you know, maybe it gets worse. Um, let's talk about what that would look like. What, what are the things that you, that you are going to miss doing? What are the things that, that you can't do? And then I have them kind of split that into a column and I say, okay, now let's flip that but what are all the things that you still can do? Right. Mm. And that's, it makes it yeah. less scary for them. Um, and I started to do that in business for myself. I think when, you know, especially when you and I were working together, not that you ever like did this drill with me, but the, you know, there were, there's risks that go into this and especially moving into the product space, which I'm really focusing heavily on. You take a lot of financial risk and you don't see much for a while. Um, right. and 
kind of doing the worst case scenario of like, okay, maybe the product fails and yeah. I have to do a, a fire sale and then file for bankruptcy and then I'm still going to be fine. Like <laughs> people do that yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. And I don't remember where I was going myself. What's the best that could happen, right? Yes. Well, when I want to just map for you that um, psychological, psychologically, and in the the sort of therapy world, this is called the locus of control. And it's Mm. really where, where, where do you have control? Because it can be easy, especially in that um, triggered nervous system state to, like I said, right, only focus on when all you can see is what you can't do or what sucks, you know, this is where we get worry, anxiety, stress, depression is because that's all we can see, right? It's literally, I always kind of hold my hands up to my face and that to show this very, very narrow field of focus mm-hmm. um, versus, and this is what you're doing with your clients. It's what any good therapist would do. It's what I do as a coach as well, which is you just essentially say, what's another possibility? right? Mm -hmm. Outside of this very, very small lens of, of which clearly is not serving you because it feels disastrous and small and dark in that uh, perception. So what's another possibility? And you just name at least six other possibilities. They might even be like, not even true at all, right? But you at least just name these few. And especially if you're working with someone else, they can often see possibilities you can't see for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But it helps you remember that you're actually not stuck and you're not out of control, that there are so many other incredible possibilities that work here, many of which, again, right, you'll never even know unless you take that first step. And this is where you you hear me say, it's one of my favorite phrases, is like, let the path show you. There's no way with all of our planning and every way that we want to like create this meticulous plan that we can know every single thing that's going to happen. We have to be willing to surrender that trust and let the path show us. And the good news is, is that often, most often, nine times out of 10, in my experience, it shows me something even more incredible than I could have ever imagined. Right? Yeah. So allow my, my sort of invitation now is like, how can I allow the universe to just surprise and delight me at every step? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a, it's a powerful concept. And here's kind of a a follow-up question to that. Um, We had talked about, how when you're maybe on the precipice of something, you're going to feel kind of a resistance from those protective mechanisms. How do you know if that is happening versus if you are just legitimately on the wrong path? Mm, Yeah, great question. Gosh, I mean, the only person that really can know is, is you right there because I have certainly I had a products business at one time and there and anytime you're setting something down right whether that be one of these personas or it be a business um and I I can take you right to that time it was like you know 2009 ish and we had just had like that really tough year financially like that economic sort of birth that had happened and um 
and I was at this brink where I was just like, I had done this product business for a couple of years. I'd seen like a modicum of success, but all my money was going back into it. And it was so much work. I mean, the business that I had, I had like a lot of inventory and it just was like manual labor. <laughs> yeah, and uh, right. it just was a lot. And I remember just being at this precipice. It was like, okay, I can either double down on this because you know ideally because I love it and it's going to be successful and I can see the possibilities for it but I didn't feel that and the double down was going to mean I was going to need to take out a loan and really like be serious about this next level I was going to take it to but everything in my body when I really looked at it was like this just feels hard and I don't really like it I don't really want to do this anymore and the part that I was holding on so tight to was actually all of the people who had supported me and had come on board and loved my products and loved what I was doing. And I felt like I was letting them down somehow. And that piece actually felt like almost the hardest part to reckon with of like, I will let them down or what, and, and not the least of which, which is like, what the heck am I gonna do next? When again, mm. my identity had sort of gotten wrapped up in this, what was at one time this big amazing new exciting thing for me that was just no longer feeling that way right so you get new information and um yeah and there is gonna there's often gonna be a time i mean sometimes you can leap into something else that feels exciting and brand new but there's often a time of like i always like to uh hearken this back to almost like nature which is like uh, the fallow the death the dying where there is this there's nothing growing and this is where you you have grieve it's dark you are like you know at some point you're like i don't think i'm ever going to see the sun shining and nothing's going to grow ever again it just is like the ground is just mm. nothing's there and then all of a sudden spring comes and the sunshine comes out again and the sprouts start to bloom again and you remember that you do have all this life and aliveness and possibility. And that's, mm -hmm. I feel like with this journey, that's why I call them incarnations. Cause it's like, I've had to die many times. Right. And guess what? We are reborn again. It sounds like kind of what I'm hearing is as a good kind of rule of thumb, if you, if you're, if you're wondering whether you're on the right path, like if your, your struggle is just kind of like standard, this is me breaking through barriers, so on and so forth. Versus if you're like, am I, am I doing the right thing? If you look forward to, let's say you achieve the most success that you possibly could doing that thing, does that like, does your life look like something that you would want it to look like, right? That that's kind of sounds like what I'm hearing. Does, does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, there's so many layers to this, Mariah, because yeah. I, you know, I love the topic of alignment. And yeah. I think that we can have many times, I'll use myself as an example here, because I've been in this place so many times. I love the work I do. Love it. I, I don't think I ever could do anything else. I'm so passionate about this work. But do I not still have days where I'm like, maybe I shouldn't even be doing this? What the heck do I, you know, like, Maybe I should be doing something completely else. You know, like, is this right. even news to anyone? Does even anyone want this, right? So, you know, we're going to have times that put us in question of everything. And we want to burn everything to the ground. And we just want to, like, start new. Um, but I think you're you're really, like, asking a powerful question there, which is, 
you know, because this is where that alignment can really shift and it can also help us to see how we're showing up. So if you are showing up through the lens of this is never going to work and this is hard, well, guess what? Your experience is going to be this is hard and it's never going to work, right? And so, but if you're showing up through the lens of like, I love this work and I love that I get to do this and I want as many people to experience this as possible. And therefore I'm willing to do the work on my end to own that piece, to show up and share this work so that I get to do more of what I love, that other people get to be impacted by it, right? It just shifts the whole thing. But if we go down that path and you go, I don't know, man, if I, you know, this is where you've heard me talk about the energetic flow sign, that there's a lot of times where we are not growing our business because the vision that we have in our head of what that grown business looks like is one that we do not want. And that's a really powerful awareness to have right out of the gate, right? Um, Because even if you're, again, right, it might just be something you're creating, like, so, but in your products business, I'll bet you can paint a picture of that where it is passive income for you. You're getting beautiful responses all the time. Yes, you might need to be managing a team. Yes, you might need to explore different ways of scaling, but you're building this empire and does that feel exciting for you, right? But if you went down that road and you were like, these are just not conversations I'm wanting to be having. I don't even like having them now. You know, like then you might know, like, I don't know that this is, like I always use this as an example. It's like, Uber, Every, when Uber came out, everyone was like, oh, it's genius, oh my God, like, you know, why didn't I think of that? But guess what? The conversations that Uber has to have all the time are with basically like taxi drivers and the politics of cities. And like, that's the business that they're in, you know, is having to get all this like, I mean, they're just, it's a whole different business on the back end. And that's what you have to know, like, are these the conversations you wanna be having? all day, every day, if you could just get paid to do whatever is, are the really, it's almost like, are these the problems that you're willing to carry or the challenges you're willing to, to do mm. for this to be successful? And if that's really, really off so in my inventory business, that was just like a clear no for me. I was just like, stuff stresses me out. Inventory management, like, and I was like, I don't want a product business anymore. And that's where I stopped yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Similar kind of similar experience when I I owned my gym and I I really liked, you know, that was a goal that I had had for a long time and I was doing pretty well at it. Like I was good at it. Um, But I just felt like I was swimming upstream all the time. And I remember thinking like, what is the, what is the next logical step here if I decided to grow this business? And it might be you know, just getting, getting more clients, maybe opening more locations, things like that. And the idea of doing that, I was just like, I do not want to do that. And ultimately I walked away because it was, it was like, if that's not what I want to do, um, it's not in my personality to just kind of let something be the way that it is. (laughs) So I'm not, you know, I can't like, why am I spending time doing this? And since then, life has gotten easier and I don't feel like I'm just fighting to, to do everything. And that's a good wow. feeling. <laughs> that, that's alignment, and right? The beautiful, you're, yeah. And the beautiful, yeah. you're a beautiful example of the fact that there were so many other possibilities to stay connected to your passion, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's actually, I can, the thread I can tie through all of my incarnations is really like, 
lighting people up, right? Whether that, and it's actually the thread I can tie through for, for me specifically in my work, for me, I am an expressionist and my expression has come out as a designer, as a product creator, as a video creator, a course creator, a coach, a speaker, right? Being on podcasts like this, that that is actually the essence of who I am that gets to be sort of exercised in all these beautiful ways, right? So there's this essence of who you are and there's so many different ways that it can be out in the world. So I, you're a great example of that like you, you were still doing your passion and what you love doing, you just found a different container right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that I think is a, is a really nice way to approach kind of that, that multi-passionate thing, because that's another thing. And, and I, I think I want to segue this into your book a little bit, because it sounds like it touches on this, but um, that's a, another differentiator for me between your approach and kind of what I had experienced in the past is something that gets drilled down on a lot is you have one thing, you have one thing and that's it. Um, everything else you shove to the side, you just focus on this singular thing. And that just always made me miserable. <laughs> and so I like that you're, <laughs> that you're saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm an, ex, I'm a creative person and that's the thread. That's my thing. Right. Yeah. Same, same here. And it might that's not right. look, might not make sense to everybody, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I love that you're you're naming that and that's so true because I've I'm I'm constantly doing this of like, do I need to choose this niche? You know, do I need to like choose this one thing? And yeah, you know, there's power there's power in that. I actually had this um I just this morning I thought, like, you know who's my niche? Humans with feelings. That's my niche. <laughs> like are yes. you a human? Do you have a lot of feelings? I talk to you. Like that's really, I mean, especially I would say I would, I'm most interested in those humans with feelings who are also interested in growth and expansion, right? And if you are a human with feelings also interested in growth and expansion, then we should talk, right? Because yeah. all those pieces that um, we just can't see the forest from the trees sometimes in our own big, big feelings that are from these core wounds, usually from when we're young, but if we're really trying to like move forward in the world and get out of our own way, it can be so helpful to have someone help you see the forest and the trees. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, speaking of, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to work with you to um, maybe if it's not coaching to, yeah, I mean, you have courses, you have a book coming out. So yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, before we get into some of the rapid fire stuff, like how can people, how can people find you? What do you have going on? Yeah, I love that. Well, I have uh, this book I will share about that, which is a real, it's cool because I started writing this years ago and it's been a, in a big messy pile for a long time, but eventually it will see the light of day. I feel like it's already out in the world and it really is in so many ways. I kind of did it backwards. A lot of people write the book and then create the course and the program. And I basically just started doing the course and the program. So, yeah. um, but it's called double down on your genius. And mm -hmm. this is really about, you know, 
stopping doing anything within your zone of competence or your zone of excellence, but really doubling down on your genius, which requires you to act on behalf of yourself and this calling or this message or this passion that's coming through you. And the tagline really summarizes what the, the pillars of my work. It's own your gifts, align your actions and flourish in your calling. And so much of the time we have to first start this own your gifts, which is really this relationship with yourself, with these gifts that are coming through, right? That's a lot of this self-acceptance, self-compassion, and then aligning those actions is a lot of the work that you do with your clients as well of like, you know, and there's baby steps we can do when we're trying to work with our own behavior modification, right? And, and habits and fears and all that stuff that gets wrapped up in, in taking action is we have to just sometimes try it on. We won't know until we try it on and just feel it. And that that's where you hear me talk about what I love so much in this work is embodied leadership. Mm. Because when we can then really embody it, embody our so but we 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 can't just instantly be embodied right it's like uh, i think a great example for anyone who's listening is like when you first go to the gym or you first do a, an exercise for the first time and you just feel like you're flailing everywhere you feel so embarrassed you feel like everyone's looking at you you feel like you're so uncoordinated right and then but you keep going to the gym or you keep going to that workout class or doing that move. And next thing you know, you're like, oh yeah, look at me. Like I'm a pro, like I belong here. I know this move. I'm getting so good at this move, right? So in the beginning, whether it be you're wanting to show up on Instagram more or you're wanting to send newsletters more, these like learning edges that you haven't been doing before, but you know, we're going to benefit you to get you where you want to go. It's going to feel messy and awkward and kind of crazy and out there. But if you can settle your nervous system enough as you take those baby steps, next thing you know, you're like, I can do this. I mean, I see you, Mariah, you're amazing. Like at your reels and Instagram, you've got that down. And that is this embodied leadership, this embodied experience that you have that's no longer scary for you because you've been showing up and doing it. Oh man, that sounds awesome. And I, I saw that you have a, there's like a, a pre-sale kind of on your website for that book um yeah so kind you of can sign, sign up, up to be notified exactly yeah how exciting yeah and I'm gonna link all of Willow's um all of Willow's socials and website and everything in the show notes so I will put this on the uh the notes as well but I'm super excited for that I think that'll be so much fun to read and super beneficial for so many people um Okay. I feel like I have so many other things I could ask and say, but we are running out of time. So uh, are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Absolutely. I'm ready. All right. Okay. So what do you feel is currently the biggest common misconception or quote unquote lie in your industry or space? Mm. I, I think I'm most passionate about really just not outsourcing your power. I think there's a lot of, you know, so if we're just talking about even the, the business coaching space, right? Um, there is a lot of like guru, you know, do it my way, my way or the highway, this is the way, the only way. And 
uh, all these things that really are are encouraging people even more to sort of outsource their knowing and outsource their power. Now, I, of course, am the first person to say that I am a firm believer in the power of support. And but I, I would love for people to feel um, more empowered in that support and just to work with somebody who really is going to as i always say in my work is that i'm really just reflecting and guiding you to the wisdom of your own truth that you actually have so much knowledge and wisdom within you and it's got to be your path and your steps have got to be in alignment for you otherwise and i'm sure everyone anyone who's ever bought a even a book or an online course if something feels out of alignment or not quite like you mind you there might be yes some in, invitations for some behavior change and trying it on there but at the same time there's a lot of ways that aren't going to feel right for you and so that that's just my biggest piece is like don't outsource or put anyone on a pedestal as they are the only one that can take you there you are actually the only one that can take you there and if you mm. find some powerful support to help you and support you along the way that is the way to go mm. yeah yeah that's very powerful very true um the the next question is what is the best advice you ever received um regarding your wellness or your health mm. you are your most important project so out of uh, one of my personal trainers has said that to me because we especially with work right we're like no i have this really important project i need to work on and he'd always say, you are your most important project. And that's so, mm. so true. Wow. That, I'm going to use that one. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love so it. So good. Um, what is something that you used to preach or teach that you no longer advocate for? Mm. Goodness. I cannot even think. I mean, I've been preaching the same thing for a long, long time. Um, awesome. So I don't know. You know, I one thing that just comes to mind, which I'm going to trust, is um, I'm a really big fan of, you know, certainly the businesses that are scaling. One of the edges that we come up against is needing to ask for help, needing to outsource, right? Oh, yeah. um, outsource in the way of like delegating, right? Uh, and I will say that I don't always feel like that's actually the best um, answer. And, you know, yes, I think we can come into it. We can really try to do way too much ourselves and it's not even going to get done well. You know, I, I'm a huge believer in hiring experts. Um, and I also really believe in just the self-responsibility that comes from showing up and and doing it yourself and not, I think the, the small little layer here that I want to hit on is like, just to not cave into your helplessness um, of not knowing something or, or like, oh, I can't do this. Instead, actually mm -hmm. discover and find, because sometimes that's rooted in perfectionism or fear mm -hmm. that you're not enough or that you don't know how. And instead, 
how much could it be? Here's a, a really great example. So if I wanted to outsource all of my Instagram, because I'm like, I don't have time for that, right? Well, I, and I did this for a while, so I can speak from experience. I had, I was outsourcing my Instagram. They were still using my words and stuff, but they were just helping me keep it sort of topped up. And there was a time, and I might go back to outsourcing it again to help me do it, but there was a time where all of a sudden I was like, something energetically here just doesn't feel like it's me. And I want my energy in here a lot more because that's what a lot of people are coming to work with me for. They want to have access to my energy. And that is not going to be something, somebody that I'm paying, you know, under $20 an hour who lives in a foreign country. They're not going to be bringing that same energy, right? Yeah. And that same vision, which is very much a part of my business. So I'm not saying I have to do it forever, but noticing it, that if it's feeling out of alignment or noticing the sort of why I'm doing that and recognizing that I can do it and it's going to be even better if I'm in it doing it, right? Yeah. So I would just say that it's not always the answer. Um, it can be very helpful to outsource, but I wouldn't, I think I we used to be like a really hardcore, like you need to hire somebody, you need to hire somebody. And yeah, I think actually more than anything, we need to work smart instead of trying to do way too many things, especially in the beginning. Yeah. And that, that kind of plays into the, the concept of having that, that one rigid way. Right. Because I feel like that's another mm -hmm. thing that's pushed a lot in the business environment right now. It It's almost like if you don't delegate everything that's quote unquote, like beneath your level, you know, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Like and right. that's, you're almost shamed for not doing that. And I, you know, I take a, a very similar approach. There's certain things that I just have no interest in getting good at like graphic design. So yeah. I'm going to outsource that. But like, there's also other things that I'm like, yeah, someone else probably could do this, but like, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, you know, it, yeah. so, and there's no shame in that. And owning it. I mean, there's a real invitation yeah. here in, in owning that you get to have your way that somebody else's way. And this is, I mean, we can do this actually all day in, in so many different ways. Somebody's, somebody else's, uh, definition of success and what that looks like, it can be different than yours. And especially in business, what kind of life do you want? I read this thing the other day from this woman who's like, I, I chased the seven figures and the eight figures and I got there and I can tell you what, she's like, I didn't like it. She's like, I now she's in a, her second business and she is making about a quarter million a year. And she's like, and I love this. This is the, this is the level and the pace. And so, you know, she's wow. like, not going to get tricked into this, not in anyone listening, you know, if you want to go for seven, eight figures, awesome. Great. Yeah. And just know that that's going to be a different lifestyle than potentially the quarter a million or half a million a year. Right. And mm. so it just really depends on what you want and own it. There's no shame in it. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, powerful. It's good stuff to think about. Um, the last question is, do you have a favorite quote or a favorite kind of like mantra? Um, and if so, what is it and why? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of my favorites is, I think it's a roomy quote. I'm hoping it is a roomy quote and it is, or it's Khalil Gibran. I'll have to check, but it is work is love made visible. Hmm. Work is love made visible. I think it might be Khalil Gibran. 
And I love that. Another one that I say all the time, and I'm not sure that this is actually attributed to anyone um, specifically, but it's just let love live through you. And that's pretty much like the same thing, right? Work is love made visible and let love live through you. It's like, how can you really let your life and your embodiment here on earth be this ultimately a service of, of love, right? Wow. That's really, yeah. And that's a, a beautiful way to think about it. Um, especially, I feel like, especially on the hard days, like that's a really good way mm. to, to like, just train yourself to kind of think like, you know, this is, this is what it is. This is why I do what I do. I love it. Yeah. And another one I'll say, and this is so relevant for you as a coach and me as a coach in our separate different realms, but, um, I, it's just worth mentioning here because I think it's so powerful is, is that we're all walking each other home, you know, and that's a Ram Dass quote. And just that that's what I feel like we're on this, in this lifetime, in this earth, we're here to actually take each other's hands and, and help guide each other. We're not meant to do it alone. And that's why it's so powerful to call in the support of someone else that we're all here to help walk each other home. Wow. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that. Well, I have had such a fun time just chatting with you and getting to know more about you and working with you and all of that good stuff. And I was, you know, just kind of to close things out, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Any like closing words or, you know, anything that you feel like would make the interview more complete for you? Mm. Well, I'll just share that I'm really passionate about this topic of alignment, as you know, yeah. and um, something we didn't get into, but um, I know you, you know from the work that we have done together is I have an alignment quiz, and so you can find that. I'm on Instagram is also probably where I am the most. I'm on every single platform as Willow loves you, uh, but I'm, I'm big time on Instagram, and I have an alignment quiz. We can put it in the show notes, and what this does is it just helps you see where you might be out of alignment. And in these areas, really, of on this path of expansion, of growth and expansion, we're often out of alignment somewhere. And that might be within ourselves and kind of how we need to be integrated and connected to ourselves. It might be in the showing up and that commitment and relationship to ourselves, right? And the implementation and the taking action. Uh, and it might be also that we're just upper limiting ourselves. And that's in that area really of, ex of true expansion and the area that we stop ourselves from the, the joy, the pleasure, the wealth um the growth you know whatever that is in your world the the weight loss the fitness you know whatever that is that, and so that this map this alignment quiz really help gives you a map and helps you identify where might you be out of alignment so that you know what you need to work on next uh in order to find your, your way back to that alignment for, so mm. that you can really manifest what you desire create the results that you truly desire in your life yeah, yeah. And I can I can endorse that. I, I did that quiz when I first was kind of applying to work with you and it was super valuable. And I will definitely link link up the quiz in particular. And just to kind of reiterate what you said, your your social media handles, website, it's all Willow Loves You. I'm gonna link all of this um in the show notes as well. 
but I would strongly recommend following and signing up for the, you know, the book notifications and all of that to anyone listening. Um, and I just had so much fun in this interview. Thank you so much for, for joining and chatting yeah. with us. And I look forward to the next one. Yay. Thank you so much. I love being here and just love the work you're doing in the world. So keep showing up and being fully you. You're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. All right, my friends, have a pain-free day and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. I'd really appreciate it if you could like, subscribe, and leave a review on the podcast so that more people can hear us in the future. Have a pain-free day.